everyone. Welcome to today's episode of 10 Minute Marketing. I'm your host, Sonia Crystal Williams. Hey, hey, I've got a special visitor joining us today, someone very near and dear to me, also a business owner. This is my significant other, Mr. Chris Willow Williams. A little bit about Chris. <laughs> Chris is the co-founder of the marketing agency that I run day-to-day, Go-Getter Marketing Group. He is also the visionary leader for the Go-Getter team, which is a real estate team located here in Atlanta and has owned many other businesses and done many other projects throughout the years. So thanks for being here, Chris. Thank you for having me, Sonia. All right. So let's jump in. Um, I want to kind of start out by talking a little bit about your, just your background in business and your backstory and really how you got into business in general and how you ended up where you are today. Sure. Um, I, you know, graduated college, got into business and supply chain management, very quickly decided that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, kind of make a go at that. And about, I want to say about 18 years ago, I started a small business and 15 years ago, I kind of grew that business, incorporated it, made it official, went from being a sole proprietor to an actual business and along with that, help found Go-Getter Marketing Group. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Sole proprietor, actual business. Break that down. What does that mean when you go from that to that? Right. As a sole proprietor, you are able to do business just as you are. However, you don't have all the same structure and also the liability protections afforded to companies in the law. So it does make a difference in how you have to interact with the government and how you present yourself to the world. So what is your business today? Today, I am a co-founder of Go-Getter Marketing Group, and also I have a real estate team called the Go-Getter Team. Notice how that runs together. (laughs) And um, they've been operating since 2008 under those names. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, I'm going to clarify. You mentioned, back to the conversation just about sole proprietor versus Mm -hmm. business, because we have a lot of listeners who want to be entrepreneurs or are already are, but might be revisiting what is my business structure. So from a business structure standpoint... You were sole proprietor when you first began. What's the business structure today? So the business structure today is that we run as an S-Corp. And as S-Corp, that is very similar to LLC, but it's kind of a hybrid in in the fact that it lets you interact with the federal government differently. Also lets, if you want to have partners, for that to be um, kind of distributed differently when it comes to profits and so forth. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you run two businesses. Um, Some people might say when you're running multiple businesses, that's a serial entrepreneur. How do you view yourself? I agree. I run three businesses as an investor also, but that's a whole other thing. Okay. So you're running three businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a lot, right? Because you have to balance life in that. Um, How do you do it? What are the, the ways that you look at creating balance or even just managing three different operations happening? Well, really, um, if you want to have anything going um, and grow it to any kind of scale, whether that's a small scale or a large scale, you definitely want to make sure you have a great team. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in each business, in the real estate business, there is a team associated with that. In the marketing business, obviously, you do a lot to help run that business or Mm -hmm. to lead that business, I should say, not just help run it. Um, And then... You know, the third piece is more of me as an active investor in real estate. So it's a hybrid. So it kind of piggybacks off of being real estate agency and practicing real estate agency. Um, there's opportunities that show themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that in and of itself is also a business. Some people might call it a side hustle, but 
it can be very lucrative if done properly. Okay. So you have three different business entities. Each one is in some way, shape or form kind of, especially with the real estate ones playing off of each other, um, which is, you know, definitely again, a lot to manage in each of these lines of business. I would imagine there's some kind of way you've got to get customers, you've got to get clients, you've got to find ways to grow and scale the business. And you said you've been in business like since the first one, 18 years ago. Mm -hmm. So throughout that journey, what have been some of the things you've picked up along the way that have helped you grow each business, have helped you get clients, tailor your client base? Like what are the ways you've gone about that? Well, what's interesting, the Go-Getter Marketing Group came about because I was in real estate first. And one of the things that I recognized in the early days, I used to do a lot of networking, a lot Mm -hmm. of meeting other people because I was also new in town. So I started a a B2C business and I was also new in town. So I had to make connections and meet people at different networking events. Mm -hmm. And part of the thing about that was I started to realize that really all businesses have the same basic problems. Um, yes, they have different models, but they have the same basic problems in terms of, you know, customer acquisition, you know, customer fulfillment, mm-hmm. and then also, you know, the ability to um, kind of put that cycle in where you stay in touch with your customer and client okay. and, you know, create a, a relationship. So in learning that and kind of being a little high on myself at the time and my ability to do it. I thought, oh, it would be great if I started a business that could help other people and other businesses understand this dynamic. And that was the birth of the Go-Getter Marketing Group at the time. Now, when I first started it, it actually, I had to put it on the shelf because we also entered into a real estate recession. Mm -hmm. So I had to turn my attention back to real estate, really work really hard to rebuild that business. And somewhere along the way, um, you know, you wanted to become an entrepreneur as well. You saw me and you thought, that it would be a great opportunity for you to jump in, tell. And you did that. You took over Go Getter Marketing Group, and together we ran with it. Got it. Okay, so let's go back to the client piece, because you hit on a few really important points, which is a lot of businesses experience some of the same challenges, mm-hmm. which is around acquisition piece of mm-hmm. new customers. Um, and then you hit on another point, which kind of made me think, okay, the retention the relationship building That's where I was like, where retention, retention when it comes to, yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of keeping those people around. Um, so, I mean, real estate and marketing are kind of two totally different lanes, but there's some common thread with what you just said, because you got to get clients right. and then you got to find ways to keep clients. That's right. So in terms of just like channels, let's just say, think for, put our marketing hats on for a second and just sure. think in terms of marketing channels. What have been some of the channels that you turn to for growth? And I want to ask you this because you've been in business 18 years. So I want to ask you, what did that look like in the early days of having that business? Right. And has it evolved? And if so, how? Well, the first thing that I can say is, is when I started the business, social media really didn't have a large presence. Mm-hmm. It was really in its infancy. I mean, we're going back to 2004 um, and 2004 to end of 2004 is about when I got started. So that's why I say only 18 years. But, you know, Facebook had just been around for about three years and they had just really released themselves to the general public because they were a college campus kind of thing. You had YouTube that was just beginning. Um, and you know, Instagram wasn't, I think, I think Instagram wasn't, did not exist. No, Twitter was popular back then. So you had Twitter, 
So, yeah, so yeah. at that time, we knew that social media would have a place because there was all kinds of voices in the industry telling you the future importance of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time, we didn't have that information. So a lot of what we started was the basic fundamental pieces of marketing, you know, how to put yourself in front of the customer or potential client as frequently as possible and how to build relationships mm-hmm. so that ultimately those relationships might turn into referrals or recommendations. Okay. Um, and at that time, that really looked like networking, face-to-face contact, like door knocking, and also picking up the phone and making phone calls. Now, if you had a budget, then you also added in something like, um, you know, hardline marketing, which would be your print marketing, postcards, you know, brochures. So direct mail. Direct mail. Okay. Right? Got it. So you would add those things in. Now, by the time we got to about 2008 to about 2012, there was a big shift in the industry of where you had more and more people who were online and in the social media space. It was more socially acceptable. You had everybody from, you know, the kids all the way to the grandparents who could be found online interacting. Mm-hmm. And that created a lane for people to, you know, acquire customers, attract customers going online. Okay. And that, where did you fit into that? Yeah. So for me, as a man, I was not very quick to go get on social media. Um, There was a hybrid model that I tried to use in between 2008 and 2012, back in the Craigslist days. Okay. And we would basically run ads on Craigslist Mm -hmm. and attract customers because a lot of people would go to Craigslist for everything. It Mm -hmm. was your virtual classified ads. Mm -hmm. And then over time, what you saw was the social media began to usurp. And around that time, we made a shift I started working on video because I felt like I was kind of late for Facebook and Instagram. So we started working on YouTube videos and that was kind of really my first foray. I really love video um, personally because I like to interact with the customer base more so than just, you know, putting up a picture or something like that. So for us, it graduated into that. So I think you brought up also a really great thing that you hit on, which is you didn't really want to be on social media. And I think a lot of business owners have that same feeling. Like, I don't really want to be here. I don't really know what to say for you though. When you did kind of find your place in social media, it sounds like video mm-hmm. was kind of it for you. What was it about video that, that was appealing that made you say, yes, this is when it comes to social media or just being online. Like, what is it about video that made you feel like, okay, this is my place. Well, if you think about it, a picture is worth a thousand words and a video is worth a thousand pictures. So Mm -hmm. literally you are exponentially uh, multiplying your ability to affect the customer or client. Really, video gives you an opportunity to get to know, uh, get to know whoever it is that you're watching. Right. Mm -hmm. A picture gives you an image. But if you listen to, you know, what I say, how I speak, um, what topics I'm presenting, whether or not I'm really covering the base. It gives you the ability to both be a blog and have imagery at the same time. That's why they now call most of the things that a lot of influencers do as blogs, right? And so it gives you the context that a blog article will give you, but also the look, the visual representation Mm -hmm. that um, a picture will give you. Mm. Okay, that's deep. Yeah, so it's an opportunity for people to see you in action, Mm -hmm. hear you in action, and get to know you better and that has, I guess, what has that done? Like, do people 
send you messages and say, I saw your video. I want to be a customer. I want to be a client. Like what happens as a result of that, those videos? Definitely. What I find is, is that when people come across me, they feel more comfortable with me immediately mm-hmm. because they feel like they know me. So it gives people that opportunity to interact. I mean, a lot of people who watch TV, for instance, when they meet a celebrity or a star, they almost act as if that person is one of the family members because yeah. they're coming right into their living room through the television. Yeah. So it gives you a different feel. Um, and of course, those people are only learning characters. However, you know, when you're dealing with video, if you're presenting authentically, people get to know you and they have s- some kind of idea of the type of person that you may be. And they, they know if they want to interact with that or not. Yeah. So authenticity, that's such a strong word because that I feel like is a theme in a lot of the social media we see today and a lot of the email campaigns is brands getting more comfortable being authentic um, and sharing their authentic voice. And and I agree with you. I think video is one of the mechanisms that business owners can use to have that level of transparency and visibility and come across as genuine to their particular audiences. So it sounds like video is one channel that's been helpful for you um, along the way. I want to also go back. So that's kind of like around acquisition and as you're getting those new customers. And then on the retention side, how have you maintained relationships with some of your clients throughout the years, especially in the real estate business, since that's a a heavy part of your focus? What does maintenance look like and, and how do you do that? And what kind of channels do you use beyond, you know, maybe a phone conversation with people, you know, what are other ways you stay in front of them? Well, really, it's a multimodal approach. Um, We use, you know, phone calls, of course, as the base, because, again, people want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. But there's also email marketing that consistently touches people, you know, whether that be once a month or every other week, depending on where they're in the process. Sometimes it's even more if somebody's an active customer. Okay. Well, and on top of that, we do events. So we have um, ways to bring people together and develop a community mm-hmm. around our brand so that people feel comfortable interacting with us and we are regularly staying in front of them. Okay. And that's a big piece about, you know, being a business that's at the top of people's minds when they think about doing business. Got it. Okay. So email campaigns, live events, combination of multimodal approach. And then you mentioned even earlier, how do you manage all of this for you are you making these calls? Are you sending out the email campaigns? Are you throwing these events? Like, how do you do it? Well, uh, as I mentioned earlier, a great team helps with that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we have different people doing different things. I definitely make calls because staying in touch with people, um, particularly when you develop a business relationship, it, sometimes it trends beyond that and it becomes a friendship with mm. a good community. Their relationship goes over and beyond just simply doing business. Um and when it comes to things like managing email marketing campaigns, I may give feedback and direction about where I want to go. And it's my team that translates that into actual activity and action. Got it. So you're you're still touching the business um, and having that personal interaction sure. with some of those long term clients or people you become friends with. But you also have a team in place that's helping distribute or plan some of the other marketing activities that need to happen to lead to that long-term success in terms of retention. What has retention meant in your business though? Because if you're investing the time, some people will say, well, they already, already work with them. Um, why do I need to invest that time into people that I already have? Well, the people that you have are probably your least expensive source of new business. Um, they can relate to their friends, family, or other uh, people that they meet that are in business, mm-hmm. you know, 
um, your work really presents on other people. So when people say, well, how are you so successful? Or, you know, how, why did you um, grow your, you know, business or your client base 20 or 30%? Well, my team, you know, so those mm -hmm. people get to speak up for you when you're not there. And I says, oh, can you put me in contact? Well, of course, you always want to be the person that people refer because it is the least expensive marketing that you can have. Okay. So, le le you know, spending less by doing more for the with the business or the people you already have. And then, like you said, 20 to 30 percent opportunity to increase your business right. by simply or work more. or even more by simply working the people you already have who know, like and trust you. Yeah, the typical number is, as you would expect, that if you have a, a great client retention and follow up program that you would see about a third increase in your business. Mm. Wow. Do you feel like your numbers align with that? In the past, yeah, for sure. Good. Wow. Okay, so let's go into our lightning round. Okay. I want to kind of sure. round out with asking you just a few other questions. Um, uh, again, business extraordinaire, owning three businesses. Um, <laughs> I can tease them a little bit. Um, no, but it's a good thing. Um, all right. So one of the things that you and I share is uh, a desire for growth. And we invest right. a lot in growth, going to conferences sure. and different types of events and things like that. Um, I want to ask you, and you can name drop or not, but throughout the years you've been in business, what have been some of the types of, whether it's a one day event, a virtual event, a full out conference, what types of things in terms of events or um you know, any type of webinars have been, I guess, a big contributor that you feel like to just your growth overall as a person, as a business owner, what have some of those been for you? Well, there have been a few. I think the ones that have had the most impact on me are the ones that speak to me personally in terms of like um, personal growth, not just business growth. I, I, I can tell you with certainty that business growth conferences certainly help because they give you skills and tools that you can use directly in your business. But I have found that I am at the center of my business. And so working on me produces mm -hmm. the greatest results. I've been to things like Tony Robbins, um, which was huge. Um, Dean Graziosi, which is also huge. Um, multiple conferences. Uh, I think Tony Robbins has like five different conferences mm -hmm. you can go to. I think I've been to all of them. Um, also tons of reading and mm -hmm. books. Um, on whatever subject matter. Mm -hmm. I think the most recent thing that had a big impact on me was probably um, a conference that we went to last year, which was specifically around, you know, online marketing and podcasting. Okay. Um, taught me a lot about what was happening and mm -hmm. how people were growing their businesses. And I think that's probably why we're here in front of the in front of podcast, the podcast studio from those learnings. Actually, going to those events and then applying what's been learned because it's not enough to just take notes and collect information. You have to actually do something with it. Right. I'm going to tell you one of your conferences. I remember going to early when you first started real estate, okay. um, which was, and this was a niche training. So this was specific to the real estate industry. Um, I'm trying to figure out which one, which one. Okay. So it was, the, it was the first <laughs> at least that I, I know of you having your first kind of mentor in real estate, Andrew Lacey. Oh yeah, sure. That was um, my early entryway into personal development seminars. Yes. And I remember you invited me to come just because Andrew was 
focused. He was a, what, a veteran real, realtor, right. broker or something like that. Um, he was teaching you all how to prospect and how to go out and get yeah, listings. And that was sales tactics. And I remember you asked me to come because this was in the early days of Go-Getter Marketing Group. And it was like, I could use some of these tactics and techniques right. when I am out making calls, you know, and networking and following up with people and meeting complete strangers and trying to get business on the books. So that was an impactful one for me that you invited me to. <laughs> yeah, that definitely was a huge impact on me because I learned a lot about actual technique and sales. Yeah. Books. You brought up books. You've read a lot of books throughout the years. Yeah. What are some books that have been impactful for you and that you would say other business owners need to be reading these books? I think um, the big thing is, uh, I think I would say the most recent, Atomic mm -hmm. Habits and pretty much a lot. I think 10X, 10X was another great book, Grant Cardone. Is that Grant Cardone? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the reason why is because that just made me think bigger. I think that mm -hmm. was the reason why. Um, and Atomic Habits makes you think smaller about working on the small things every day, which lead to greater outcomes. Mm, good contrast. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, along the way, again, 18 years in business, you've probably had some fumbles. What are some things or lessons that you feel like you've learned along the way? Oh, I think um, move quicker. Mm. Definitely. There have been many times, like for instance, with the video, I had the ideas around video. Um, we started a campaign on video, then we backed off because we lost one of the assistants, but I should have never stepped away from it. Should have stayed on top of it. Um, also, don't quit. You know, once you start on something, everybody wants immediate impact, particularly with marketing. Mm -hmm. We all want to work like yesterday. Marketing takes time. So I think that was one of the biggest lessons that I've learned. Um, and some of my mistakes were stopping it too early or not giving it, not giving it enough room to breathe, mm -hmm. breathe to actually experience the results. It's a compounding effort kind of thing. Okay. Compounding effort. I love mm -hmm. that. What's one final thought? that you want to share with entrepreneurs listening just in terms of how they continue to scale and grow their company? Well, the biggest thing is, like I said, is you have to work on you. You are at the center of your business. Your business lives and breathes based on what you do on a day-to-day -day basis or what you don't do. So you constantly have to make sure you're at the top of your priority, priority list in terms of making sure you're good, you have a vision that's going to work for the company, also, you have clarity on what you want and being uh, unabashed about pursuing it. Cool. Okay. Thank you for being here, Chris Willow Williams. What are some ways that people can find you online, keep up with you? Because you share things beyond real estate on your social media, right? <laughs> Definitely. So you can find me at Chris.Willow um, on Instagram. Also, Chris.Willow on TikTok, although we're just getting ready to get that launched. <laughs> And um, uh, we've got one for our marketing groups launch, but personally, I'm launching a personal brand right now. And so we're going through that process. Um, and those are probably the two I would tell people to go to right now. We also have a YouTube channel that we're cooking up, but, you know. Work in progress. Work in progress. And this is all on the personal side because you've got all this stuff for the business. So these right. are other areas where you're expanding. Right. All right. Well, thank you so much again. Thank you everyone again for listening today to 10 Minute Marketing. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to drop your thoughts um, in the comments. Ask questions. We're happy to answer. Until next time, we'll see you soon. See you soon.